0: For those of you who are interested in starting to swim, bike, and run and get into the sport of triathlon, go to my website, check out the book, Triathlon for the Every Woman. It doesn't actually have to be just for women. It is geared toward women, but uh, the book is available for free, 100% second edition for download on your favorite e-reader. So go to swimbikemom.com forward slash free book. Today's guest is the iconic Mike Riley, the voice of Iron Man. Mike is such a great guy. I just always enjoy when I have the opportunity to see him, to see him at races, to speak with him. You guys are going to really enjoy hearing a little bit of insight and a little bit of insider information from the Mike Riley.
1: Welcome to the same 24 hours podcast with Meredith Atwood. We all have the same 24 hours each day. And it's what we do with those 24 hours that makes all of the difference in our health, our happiness, and our success. Enjoy the show.
0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Same 24 Hours podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Atwood. I have a very special guest today. Mike Riley is here, the voice of Iron Man. Hi, Mike.
1: Well, hello, Meredith.
0: I'm so excited to talk to you. Me too. Yes, this is great. So you called me in twice in my, you know, triathlon career so far, uh, 2013 in Coeur d'Alene and then 2015 in Lake Placid, and both times I didn't hear you, and it's not because you weren't loud. It's because I just was so in the moment. So can I get a Meredith Atwood? You're an Ironman.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I I didn't know your first question was going to try to pump that out of me. First of all, you. <laughs> You know, people always say they, well, I was in the moment or I I was looking at family members and and I just didn't, and I just come back and go, you were delirious. And they go, yeah, I was delirious. Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, that's, (laughs) but I hear it on the video. So I know, you know, it was there and it was awesome. So you are just, I mean, I don't have to tell you what an icon you are in our sport and how many people sign up for races to hear those amazing words. How many athletes have you actually called in?
1: last winter we started figuring it out going through all the races and stuff and it's around the 330,000 mark my goodness (laughs) yeah when I say the number (laughs) I just kind of laugh I uh, what are you kidding me but uh yeah you know it's not it's a daunting number just because of the size but it's not a daunting number to me because it's it's everybody individually and that's how I treat it and I'm having a one-on-one conversation with people coming through the finishing chute, especially if they come down by themselves, if they're packed up with 10 others, I'm trying to get the name out and tell them they're an iron man. And obviously sometimes I miss some and, and like yourself, I'll get messages through my website or wherever. And, and I'll call people back. I called one, two, three, seven people yesterday, uh, throughout the world, telling them they were an iron man because I either wasn't there or they didn't hear it, uh, where I was at. So it's, <laughs>
0: That's so awesome.
1: I, I, I never take it for granted. Never no,
0: will. No, no. So how did this all start? How did you become the voice of Iron Man? Let's go through a little history lesson.
1: Well, history, I, I San Diego was, we were always running, you know, I was running with running groups of the San Diego Track Club, and then we'd go down to Fiesta Island with the Tinley Brothers, Scott and Jeff, and start doing things around Mission Bay, where we'd We'd run first, swim second, and, and ride third, and then reverse the order the next Wednesday night. We just always kept doing these little triathlon things. And then uh, it, it just morphed into that's what we did. And, and then obviously knowing about Hawaii and that starting and and hearing about Ironman Australia and doing small mini tries that we would do, we just got hooked. And then uh, one time at a running race here in San Diego, I was Ready to run it? It was a 10k, and uh, I couldn't. I had a bad hamstring, and but I went anyway just to to watch. And the race director said, "What are you doing?" And I said, "I got a bad hammy." And and she said, "Well, and this was like 79," and and she said, "Well, I got this little microphone and and megaphone uh, set up. You, you want to call people to the finish line? I, here's a printout of the entry list with their names. And you know, so many of them were like buddies and friends of mine. I'm thinking, wow, this is great. I can." <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank people when they come in and make fun of them and, you know, this is cool. So I did it and and people came up to me asking afterwards, oh, my God, it's cool, Riley. You said my name and how fast I went and that I looked good and all this. And I go, yeah, you, you did. And it just kind of stuck with me about being able to make somebody else feel good. It made me feel good. You know, it's probably not a whole lot of better things you can do in life than make somebody else's life better or more fulfilled or, or given that, you know, at a boy at the at the end of something great they did. So uh, that's that's how it started.
0: That's incredible. I always say that, well actually our family says only a few times in your life can you actually be cheered as an adult. And that's what racing is. It's like no one walks you don't walk in a room and people cheer for you. So you get to race so, you know, you get all these amazing feelings and cheering and that kind of thing. So it's really awesome that you are, I mean, you're more than an announcer, though. I mean, you don't, you are a crowd. You're an entertainer. I mean, you get that towel going at 11, 11 p.m. <laughs> 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 so, how did you do? Like, okay, so you announced your first race, but how did you step up to, to Ironman and to literally becoming the voice of Ironman? And what was the progression there?
1: Well, the all from the late seventies, all the eighties, I was racing and then announcing events and uh, obviously there was a lot of triathlons through the eighties. I, I worked the, a lot of the USTS series, United States triathlon series put on by Bud Light. They were, you know, I had about eight or nine locations throughout the U S and I did like half of those. And and I was just always doing events. I did, uh, you know, the first rock and roll marathon and and worked with those guys for like 10 years. I announced the first LA marathon, Chicago marathon. I mean, I was just always kind of there. And, Uh and then, uh, in '89 is when I got the call from Valerie Silk, the then race director of. Of uh, actually, I got the call from Mike Plant, who was the lead announcer at that time, saying Valerie wanted me to work with him, and I, I found it like wow. So I, that's just what happened. And, and in '89 is when I went to Kona.
0: So was you are an Ironman? Was that going on before you came?
1: No. So it, that was I, you. I worked the race in '89 and '90 and never said it. Okay. You want the story?
0: Yes, let's hear oh. it. These are all inquiring minds want to know. Mike Riley so in, questions.
1: <laughs> Nineteen ninety-one, I'm there, and uh, I'm on the street on Lee Drive a few days before the race, and I see a buddy from San Diego, and uh, he he he's fit, and you know he was a great runner, and but he was all nervous, and I go, "What's wrong?" And he says, "I I, I don't know. Tomorrow, you know, Saturday's going to be a tough day." I go, "You're you're in great shape. Don't worry about it. You're going to be all right." And he, and he just kept kind of talking in a negative way. And I'm, you know, on the street, just trying to pull it out, you know, make him feel a little bit better. Cause I knew the guy was a stud. And, uh, as we left each other, you know, he still was kind of shaking his head and in a negative way. And I said, don't worry, you're going to be an Ironman on Saturday. Don't worry. And he goes, yeah, Riley. Okay. And he kind of walked away and I, I felt bad for him. I go, gosh, I, I hope he kind of pulls himself out of the funk and, so race day comes along. I didn't see him in the morning at the swim and and uh, didn't really think about him a lot during the day. And then once I saw him at the hot corner, I think, oh, wow, he's getting it done. He looks good. But then we're at the finish line and and people have been coming in. And I think he was around. I do have the finishing time somewhere, like 11 and a half or 11 hours. Uh, so he's a pretty quick guy. So here he comes. And as he's coming down to Lee Drive, I'm I'm recalling the conversation we had of of, you know, trying to you know help him and to stay positive and whatever i could do and and then i remember what i said to him don't worry you're going to be an iron man well when he came down it was just me having this conversation with him and and i yelled out his name i said you're an iron man in other words see i told you so <laughs> i didn't say that but in my mind i go you are an iron man and he straightened up and looked at me and pointed like dude i mean the look on his face i go wow and then the crowd just roared more than they had for people previous, except for the winners, obviously, but they just kind of roared. And I'm sitting there going, wow, wow. well, yeah, they they are an Ironman. They're an Ironman. Yeah. And it just makes so much sense to me. So, <coughs> excuse me, the other announcer I was working with at the time, uh, someone was coming in and I go, hey, say it to so him. The crowd loves it and the athlete loves it. And, and he didn't want to do it. He goes, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. And I, I, whatever, you know, I, 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 he was the lead announcer at that time. I wasn't going to, you know, what could I do? But I knew what I could do. The next person coming in that I was on the microphone for sure as heck. I, you know, yelled out their name, said you are an iron man. And people just, and finally the crowd was yelling, say it, say it, say it. <laughs> even to the other, other guy who wouldn't say it. And that's why they, and when I said it, the, the cheer and, and I go, they are. And then from then on, you know, in Hawaii and then going to Australia the next year and belting it out there and people going, that was the greatest. It just became this, you know, universal language, almost not by mistake, but by design of a buddy not, you know, feeling that great about himself and me telling him, you know what, you're an Ironman, so you better feel great about yourself.
0: That's so awesome. And I know everyone has their favorite Mike Riley story and Mine um is actually in Texas and I wasn't racing, but I and I what year was it? I guess it was two years ago and it was about forty-five seconds to midnight and there was a racer coming and the Texas finish line kind of winds, you know, it's right. like a corral. And and you saw this guy off in the distance and you took off running and you hurtled race barriers and went and got him and ran him in with literally seconds to spare. And I mean, the crowd was going wild and I was crying. I mean, it was just so incredible. And I mean, what are you thinking in that moment? I know you, you've done this for so many years now, but I've seen you at so many finish lines and you always have that just deep passion and and love for the sport and the people. I mean, where does, I don't know, like what are you thinking in those moments
1: you know, I'm thinking, Meredith. Everybody's got a story. Their life is a lot of ups and downs. People have gone through some pretty tough things to even get to a start line. Uh, people have been very successful, and and whether they were a television star or whatever, and they, they wanted to do an Ironman. There was always that one other thing. So I remember that. I remember, you know, I don't know how much longer I'm be jumping those, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the 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 banner. I mean the. Uh, Barricades, because I do remember going over that thing and thinking, Jesus, don't go down in front of everybody. This <laughs> so would be kind of bad. <laughs> don't, you don't need to get hurt. But my my whole goal was to make sure his day became an Ironman day. Yeah. And and it, not knowing what his backstory was, but knowing there was something, and he was out there for seventeen hours. And and I I I just want, I just want him to be an Ironman, and that desire of having someone being able to help someone fulfill their dream, uh, there's nothing better. And, and I I know what everybody in the crowd, you talk about crying and, you know, I have to hold tears back sometimes because I'm, you know, trying to be halfway professional on the microphone and say who they are and, and, but then I'll lose it. And it's just, I don't know, you know, and when, when people like yourself or others go to a finish line and they see what's happened, they, you know, people come up to me and go, you know, that was the greatest thing i've ever seen yeah that was the greatest event the greatest finish i i have never been so inspired by it uh it, and it goes on and on and on and and i wish we could you know take the world to a finish line to show them the passion at that finish line and what people do to overcome all odds we'd, we'd be living in a lot better place right now but uh that's what i believe you know iron man's all about
0: And I had crossed my first Ironman finish line several years before I actually was a spectator at one. But being a spectator, I agree with you. If everyone could see that, just, I mean, it would change everything.
1: Yeah, and I I think I've I've written an article, uh, I've done some writing about uh, what it would be like and what it is like to not be recognized in life. Mm. You know, some kids grow up and they're never recognized. And we know what may happen to them later in life when they become young adults and adults or even adults that are never recognized in their job or never recognized for the things they accomplish. Uh, and, And to not be recognized is a travesty. And so when somebody sets a goal and an objective and you're, my gosh, you're blessed to be a part of their, of witnessing them achieving it. What what greater thing is there? So we're witnessing what their, the goal they've set, the objectives they've set. We know sometimes it's taken five, six, seven years. Sometimes people come up to me and go, I saw Iron Man on TV 15 years ago. And now I'm doing my first one. To have that thought in their head for 15 years and us to be able to witness them attaining their dream. I mean, mean, my gosh. So, of course, I'm going to recognize them. As as best I can, I'm going to make sure the the crowd goes home with sore hands and sore voices, knowing they gave everything they can to, to those finishers, because we get to be at the pinnacle of their, of of their goal, of their objective, where they, where they're attaining it. it. That's not that many places in the world you can be in that spot or that position.
0: Well, speaking of sore voices and hands, what is a day in the life of Mike Riley from, from wake up? To that midnight or whenever the deadline finishes on race day, what does it look like?
1: Oh my God! Each each day is a book, you know. <laughs> each hour is a chapter, and uh, I go by hour to hour, chapter to chapter. You know, I know the the highest pressure of the day for myself and even everybody working on the race is that swim start to make sure you get started on time, it flows well, uh, people are. Calm at the start of the race. You you know you talk to them in a calm uh, way because if if things go wrong at a start line in anything in life, if something goes wrong at the beginning, it kind of just catapults that negative waves through the whole process, and you don't want that mm-hmm. to happen on an Ironman day. So you want them to you know start on time, get in the water on time, get all their gear taken care of in the transition before they get there. So there's this process of making sure. It's, it's like corralling your family to, to, to go out to dinner, corralling your family <laughs> to get over to somebody's house for, you know, a, a Christmas dinner, whatever it may be. And, and you got to do all these things and juggle these balls. And we do that at the start. So that first uh, hour of the race is always the one that, you know, until they all come out of the water where, you know, the, then the stress goes away and the rest of the day is hour by hour. You know, if I'm at a hot corner, I, I can't wait to see the bikes come on through. And then another hot corner, maybe at the run, halfway through the run, uh, yelling out their name then. And, you know, it's funny when I, I never get everybody's name because if they're coming running by. But if if I'm in Lake Placid and I'm standing outside of the uh, T2 change tent and they're coming heading out on their run, they're just starting. You've done, done you know, they're just starting. They're making that right-hand turn onto the main street and they got 26.1 miles to go so what do you say to them <laughs> uh, you know Almost i say there. <laughs> you know, mary you're looking good i mean just stay strong and and i will see you at the finish and your arm goes up like yeah you son of a gun i'll see you at the finish yeah you know it's like you're challenging them in a in a kind of a quiet type way that mm-hmm. I, in other words don't give up and we're not going to give up on you don't give up on yourself
0: well and i think it's really neat on uh, all the races i've been to you can hear the finish line. I mean, different distances, different places, depending on the race. But I know in Lake Placid you pass by the finish and then you've got like an, I don't know, like a mile, maybe two miles before you come, you know, you come back. And I was having such a tough day in 2015. I know everyone has tough days, but it was just like, but your voice is like a beacon of hope, you know, wherever you can hear it, you're like, Oh, I got to come back and I gotta, I gotta hear him call me in. So, yeah, it's it, sometimes it's a challenge, you know, that you issue. But sometimes it's like, oh, I just got to get home to Mike.
1: <laughs> yeah, I you know, it's, I just don't. I, on race day, I, I, I guess I realize that I just don't. I'm just doing my thing and making sure everybody's taken care of. And and uh, people have told me, you know, I heard your voice. I was at 13 miles, like Wisconsin turns around, like almost in front of the finish line. Mm-hmm. So I see people coming, and then they take them back off again to do 13 more. And in my head, I'm going, oh, my gosh, I'm bringing finishers in. yeah. And that poor dude out there is listening to me bring somebody in and, and they've got 13 more miles. So you just, I, you know, I, I guess my voice and, and me, you know, could be a beacon, but it's not. It's that finish line. It's it's the crowd waiting for him. It's the loved ones waiting, waiting for him. And I know that, you know, and what they've been going through, living with a triathlete, all, you know, all the years <laughs> right. and months is. Is uh, a race in itself, so uh, yeah, and the day just progresses into the night. And once those nighttime hours come and people have been out there longer, and as you know, now so many of the finishers will come back, they'll go get a shower, get something to eat, and obviously put on that medal and get back to the finish line to bring their fellow competitors in, right? And they're in awe because I'll see a you know, an 11 hour person or 12 hour person. And they're seeing this person come in at 16 hours going, I don't, how do they stay out there that long? I can't imagine that. And they're in awe of the ones that are still pounding the pavement after 16 hours. Right. And it's, it's it's a sight. It's a sight.
0: Well, and everyone's done the same race and it's that camaraderie, no matter who, what time or how you finished. I mean, it's like, Oh, that was hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I have a bunch of questions that people have sent me um, to oh, wow. ask you. So one of the questions, and I actually thought about this one too, how do you know how to pronounce names? Do you get the list phonetically? Do you, have you just been doing it long enough where you, you know? I, I know in, in Lake Placid, one of my friends, Lindsay Hoig, came up to you and said, um, you know, told you how to pronounce her name. And I've seen that happen to you a few times. So how do you handle the big list?
1: Well, it's happened more than a few times. That's for <laughs> sure. Uh, I I get the bio list. I see it and I read through it quite a few times beforehand. If there's a name I can't pronounce, I'll send an email to the athlete. Phonetically, pronounces for me, and I'll put it in there. Uh, others will tell me on race week, and and they'll they'll spell their name for me, and I'll say it correctly. And they go, Oh my gosh, I didn't know you know how to say it correctly. Well, yeah. Wojciechowski. That's Wojciechowski. I know that. Or, <laughs> you know, Szynski. Or I just, I know the Polish Hungarian names, uh, the, the Nordic names, Wisconsin's kind of tough. It just, but some are really, really tough. You know, when you see names like W E I N and it's pronounced win instead of when, you know, it's, there's just some that are so close. So right, I always ask and, but people will come up to me after a race, oh, my God, think you brought me in, but you mispronounced my name. Uh. And there's nothing really I can do about it right. uh, at that point except say to them, did I mispronounce those four words? <laughs> and, oh, no, 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 you said those just fine. I, they, they, then they even say, oh, that's what counts. That's good. That's right. 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 So uh, the whole name thing. And, and I think over the years, Meredith, it's just I, I've uh, learned a lot of the phonetics of of proper names and and when an e shouldn't be in an e and a, a ie should be an a i mean it's just amazing so uh it's it just I, I get more out you know but i still miss them just because yeah. they're because you're hard. human <laughs> they're hard yeah
0: you're human now i know you like to focus on the athletes and and how hard of a day it was for them and the joy of getting to the finish line but i'd like to hear like what has been the hardest race day for you
1: Oh, there's been a few hard race days. Uh, it, mainly when the weather's bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Ironman New Zealand in '06, we had to cancel the swim because Lake Taupo looked like the uh, Cape Horn, for goodness' sake. So, you, you, you know, those days are very difficult on everybody because the, the day isn't going to go as planned for anyone. So you have to adjust, and and those are tough days. You know, everybody's going through some terrible mental. You know, exercises of trying to get themselves back up. Oh, now we're only going to do a half of, you know, a ride, 56 miles instead of one hundred four, 112. So, so it's, those days like that are very tough. And I've had, you know, quite a few of them because of the weather. Uh, you know, Wisconsin one year, I think it was 07. It, it rained hard for 17 hours. I remember at that race, it was like 10 o'clock and by then I'd gone through a couple of changes of clothes and underwear and shoes. And finally, you just give up. But then it starts getting cold. And you're going, oh, no, that's great. I'm wet. And now it's going to get cold. And half of me, I wish I was out of running just to stay warm. Right. But uh, about 10 o'clock that day, night, it, it stopped. The rain stopped. And I, like a dummy, you know, the weather guy just laughed at me. I go, oh, my gosh. OK, that's great. We can go the last two hours. It should be great weather. You know, this is done. And it wasn't 10 minutes later, it started pounding down. (laughs) And I go, oh, that that was a great prediction. And it (laughs) rained for the next two hours. So those are the tough days uh, on me. And, and, you know, I'm working with a whole team and crew and all the roadies that are there putting this race on and making sure it's staged correctly. So we're all kind of in the same boat when the weather goes bad.
0: Yeah. How do you pick your races?
1: Well, since I've been doing... Races like Lake Placid, this will be my 20th year. That one will probably never be out of my schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wisconsin will probably never be out of my schedule. I pick the races where I've been going. Uh, New Zealand this year will be my 17th in a row, I think. Uh, this, I mean in uh, March of next year. So there's a few that are kind of set in the schedule. And then I'll send out a survey in, in uh, probably after Arizona, uh, end of November, early December of where people would like me to go and see if, if we can accommodate, it's not completely up to me. Ironman, if I say, Hey, I want to go to these five races in Europe. eh, No, you're not. So, uh, I I wish I had free reign like that, but I, but I don't because I'd love to get, you know, my goal uh, five years ago, I thought about it. Like, it'd be great to like, eventually get to every Ironman, like a, Luis Alvarez, you know, the guy that right. does them all and, and just go to, you know, this one and, and get it done that way. But it just never, I mean, it just never worked out. And, uh, while I love going overseas and, and, you know, people, they associate with me when I'm overseas and it's, it's all about Kona. They go, oh, there's Mike Riley. You know, he's done Hawaii for how many years and it's all about Kona. Some people think that's the only one I announce, Right. But, you know, overseas, it, you know, and when Arizona this year is going to be 170th, you know, that only includes 29 Konas, So there's been a few others, but, uh, so the schedule is kind of picked with what, where people want to see me go and, and how I can, you know, physically put it together.
0: And so the survey that you'll send out, will that go out from Ironman or will that go out from your website?
1: I'll put it out from, uh, my, my, uh, public page on Facebook. Okay. I don't, so you I don't know, know like I haven't can... talked to Ironman yet about it. Maybe they'll do it too, but you know, they've got other announcers in the corral and and they don't you know, they show favoritism. Well, I, I'm not gonna go down that road. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this question is from my husband. He wants to know what is your all time favorite call in? Was there one particular person in one particular race that will stick with you forever? Yes. Okay, who? Where? What?
1: When? Well if you'd asked me this question in 2012, I would have had a tough time answering. And people did ask me this question before, well, before November of uh, 2013. And the answer was always, you know, I remember five or six great ones. I remember when Paula in Hawaii first broke nine hours. I mean, I, I, just, couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. Or when Lori Bowden ran sub three in Australia. Or when, you know, uh, Luke Van leerd went, you know, low eight hours and setting a world record in Kona. I mean, there was just so many great moments that I've been a part of, but the greatest was, uh, Ironman Arizona in 2013 when he was only, uh, three years old when I started announcing Ironmans and I got to bring my son in as an Ironman.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. I got to bring Andy Riley in as an Ironman, you know, when he was 29 years old. Uh, you know, here he was, uh, grew up, uh, my daughter was a gymnast and, and, uh, very good. And my son was a baseball player. Then he started, he played at the next level and then he got out of ball. And one day came to me and says, I I think I'm going to do an Ironman with my buddies. I go, what? And he was announcing Arizona with me. And that's the one that the buddies were all in the VIP drinking. And I said, don't get caught up in that. You you never know, you know? (laughs) And, uh, he did. Uh, yeah, I went back to like high school weight, losing twenty five thirty pounds, and and I brought him in as an Ironman in two thousand thirteen. There was nothing nothing better.
0: Wow, that's incredible. So I think you know my good friends Kyle and Brent Pease. I think you brought them in at Boulder this year, the Peace brothers.
1: Yeah, you know, Hawaii la- year before was it last year that they didn't get it done?
0: Um, no. So the Peace brothers have not had the chance to be at Kona. You sure? Yes, I am sure because I know that. Then it was.
1: It was some. I gave him my. I gave him my watch.
0: Yeah, there's. There was another group. Another. um, Another group that was out there, but the Kyle and Brent are the. I guess. um, Yeah, I know who
1: they are. Yeah,
0: so they haven't had their chance at Kona. Okay. They need to because they'll finish. They've done Wisconsin and they just finished Boulder this year, Um, but they they did Boulder in like fifteen. Something,
1: yeah, so there
0: I, and I just did Marine Corps Marathon this past weekend as a wheelchair pusher, and I told Brent when I was done, I was like, I can't even imagine how you guys <laughs> do that for Iron Man. like good for you. Good for incredibly, you incredibly. they're they're incredibly fast, though, but um they had a finish at Boulder and um, said that the crowd was just going wild there too,
1: yeah, it was uh, I, I remember bringing them in. I mean, you know, they're they're good guys. and what's interesting about that is, is, you know, for, it always brings back that old uh, adage to me of he ain't heavy, heavy, he's my brother, Mm -hmm. you know, and and no matter what someone's going through in your family, if you just have to be there for them, and and that's to the degree that I love having other people see, and they go, gosh, I don't, would I do that for my brother or sister? Would I do that for my spouse? Would I do that? And you want them to ask them those questions of themselves, and, and the Peace Brothers bring it out in people, that's for sure. Yeah, they're awesome.
0: Um, one of the things I love is what you tell the, the swimmers at the start of the race about what they can control on race day. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I just, uh, I, I wrote about, you know, I, I brought that memory back of because I started thinking, where would I say that first? Where <laughs> where where'd I do that? And it was Wisconsin. Uh probably six, seven years ago. And the forecast for the day, the weather wasn't going to be that great. And I could just tell when we were putting them all in the water, the looks on their faces was like, oh, geez, this is, I, I don't know if I'm going to do this. You know, and you see, yeah. you see one after another, you see one out of 10 smiling, the nine of them are like freaking. And so when they all got in the water and, and I kind of said this too, for everyone, I mean, the spectators, the workers, and I said, hey, everybody, you know, we only got control. And I'm saying it for myself, too, because we knew it was going to be a tough day. I said, we've only got control over one thing and one thing only today. That's our attitude. Mm-hmm. That Control that. And I think it'll take care of us. It'll take care of you. It'll get you to the finish line. And they just erupted in the water. And, you know, and after that, I, I can't, I mean, how many people came up to me and sent me messages, Mike, that's the greatest thing. I needed that so bad. I was sucking in the water. My attitude was bad and yeah. you know this and that. And that's all I needed to hear. Well, it's really all Mike Riley needed to hear for himself too. So a lot of times when I'm trying to get myself up, I, I think, well, maybe somebody else is going to want to hear what I'm going to say to myself. And, and that's kind of how it came out. And and I, I I, would do it at subsequent Ironmans, and I remember one, I didn't. I didn't say that. I mean, I think things were going on at the start, and we got them in the water, and, and I heard about it afterwards. People were coming, how come you didn't tell us about it? I'm thinking, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? You know, so you don't like to be redundant in what you do and say all the time, but sometimes people... Expected it. They're looking forward to it. You know, they're looking forward to you on Ironman. They're looking forward to any other pieces of motivation uh, that can be thrown their way. And and uh, yeah, that that's how that came out years ago.
0: Well, how do you deal with the expectation? I mean, you are putting such a and I know you're grateful for it. And I know you you always convey positivity and you're always so kind. But how do you deal with like the expectations that are all on you and, and kind of the demanding, you know, demands from people, it's gotta, it's gotta get hard at some point.
1: <laughs> you know, you can only do what you can do. Yeah. I, you know, you can only have your glass, you know, filled to the top. And After that it's overflowing and the stuff that's overflowing is, is not good. So you just, you know, you know, you just can do what you can do. And, and, and I, get as much out as I can. I try to acknowledge everybody. Uh, yeah, people are constantly sending me messages and things like that. And I, you know, I've never not called a person back that needed to be called or someone said, can you call my wife? Because she didn't hear it or you weren't there. Or you were in another race. And, and so I, I always call and talk to everybody. And so I try to do as much as I can. Is it, is it enough? You know, it's, it's all I can do. It, it's it's I'm 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 giving a hundred percent to it, and hopefully it gets to as many people as possible. and And people will send me messages. I know you probably don't read this, or you have your secretary read it. I I die laughing when I hear that your secretary. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know it. It's a one man show here, so I I get the messages and I'll answer them right back. Is this really Mike? Who who sent me this message? I go, yeah, it's me. Ask me anything you want. And so they ask me some questions question random, like, who won Hawaii? And right away I'll come back and they go, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So it is you. <laughs> I mean, uh, so it, I don't, it's, Meredith, it's never been, excuse me, <clears throat> it's never been daunting to me. It's never been something where it's been a strain. Yeah. As, as I feel that I wouldn't be able to get it all in. It's just, it's never been that way.
0: How do you, st- is it, have you always been like such a positive person? I mean, you're just—you're always so positive. Is it something that you've—you've you've taught yourself over the years? I mean, I know it's a choice, and—and and, you know what we do with our attitude is all we can control. But have you always just been a positive person, or—or or did you have to kind of grow into it?
1: That's a, that's a good question. I—I've always had the positive side to me that I've tried to keep out in front of me. Uh, I'm like everybody else, and can have tough times, and you know. You can have issues with friends or family or whatever it may be. We're all in the same world. And, but the, the other side of positive to me sucks. It, you know, no one likes to walk back, backwards. And I think when you start throwing negative thoughts your way, uh, self-negative thoughts, you know, you start walking backwards and it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to, you're not going to end up in a good place. And, and I, I, you know, it's funny back when I was a senior in high school, I never knew I was a positive person. I mean, I wrestled in high school. It was just like everybody else and, you know, did our thing and got my C pluses and was happy, you know. So uh, at, at the senior assembly one year, they were giving each senior something. And it was done by the juniors. And, and they yelled out my name. And, and at that time, McDonald's had these things out called happy cups. I think it was McDonald's. Happy anyway, cups? And, and they go, and Mike Riley gets a happy cup. So I walked up. And I got this plastic cup with this, you know, smiling face on it. Walking away, thinking, "What? What the hell is this? <laughs> what do what they? What do you mean a happy cup? Well, and some guys were getting some, you know, golden shoe because they're a great athlete or whatever it was. And I got this happy cup, and and I never thought about it. Years later, I go, I guess I it's just kind of my nature. I, I just kind of who I am, and uh, <laughs> it's just. Right now, it's who I am. I don't want it to be anybody else. And and you know what? And I try to surround myself with with positive people. And sure, I've been around people that going through some tough times. It doesn't mean they're not positive. It's just going through some tough times. But uh, I just try to just try to keep it up and keep it going. Keep it keep moving forward.
0: So this was a really funny question. Someone wanted to know if you hang out with other race announcers. <laughs> like, like, he's the ready to rumble guy. They, they were like, ask him if he hangs out, and they go on trips together.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Michael, what's his name? Michael, Michael Buffer.
0: Buffer. Yeah.
1: The boxing. Oh yeah, yeah. We get together and we yell at each other. He yells, <laughs> he, he yells out, get ready to rumble. I yell at him, you're an Iron Man. And we try to see who can, the active get you know louder and louder. No. Nah, there's no one I, I mean. Somebody needs to a do that on a
0: YouTube. You You guys need to get together and make a promotional video about that. That would be hilarious.
1: Oh, <laughs> gosh. We could go back and, it, it would be. that Nobody's ever brought that up. That's kind of, that's kind of funny.
0: Yeah, I, now I, I just gave someone a great idea, so you're welcome.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a pretty good one.
0: <laughs> so, how many miles do you think you've flown around the world? Do you know?
1: <laughs> well, right now, I'm what does yeah, your not, Sky
0: Miles account say?
1: Uh, my United, I know How's my United account, but I had Sky Miles before that. I don't know. It's probably 5 million. I don't wow. know. Six wow. million. Yeah.
0: So what are some of your um, personal hobbies? Like outside of triathlon, what do you like to do? Ride my bike. Oh. Uh,
1: gardening, working in the yard. You got a big yard and with a lot of hardscape and succulents and all that good stuff so that's kind of like my therapy and then uh hang with family and friends hang with my grandson you know he's taking a nap right now he's he's at papa's house and nene's house right now and and uh for a couple days so that's like the best thing since anything so you know that hobbies. You know people always say, "What's your hobby?" It, it's like I should say, "Oh, I go in the garage and I woodwork and I build a yes, canoe." And you should and, do that. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I'm an electrician on the side. No, I, don't, I. mean, my hobbies are what my lifestyle is, and I love staying in shape and running and riding the bike and, you know, just you climbing and hiking and you know those those kind of things, and then spending time with the family.
0: Yeah. So why would you tell someone, maybe just in a few sentences, why they should do an Ironman? Or maybe why they shouldn't. I don't think,
1: (laughs) I I would never say to someone why I think they should do an Ironman. I would say to someone, you need to consider Uh taking a look at your life and seeing whether or not you'd want to have a finish line in your life like an Ironman. Because it'll make you an incredibly better person, a more balanced person. And someone who succeeds at something that probably you never thought was possible. That's what I'd say to them. I I would never shove it. I never shoved it on anybody. I, you know, like go run a marathon or, you know, my biggest thing is, hey, get your butt off the couch. Yeah. Go for a walk. Just start changing your lifestyle and your habits. And, and, you know, sure. One day you may do, you know, a 10 K run or a marathon or an Ironman or, and, and that's great. But, uh. The journey there is what you want to experience, and you can't experience it by not trying.
0: So, what are some of the what What are some of the most remarkable, I guess, stories of transformation that you've heard? Like, have you or that you've experienced, or you've personally seen, like someone who you just said, you know, get off the couch, go do a five k? Um, wh- have you witnessed some that were just incredible that when they crossed the finish line, you were like, oh my gosh, that's you? <laughs> Have
1: you experienced that? Yeah, it's mostly I've experienced because I've known the backstory. I've read the bio, and I've mm-hmm. known what they've gone through, and and how they possibly wanted to end their lives, and 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 going through some struggles on the mental side, and or 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 how they've lost a loved one, a, yeah. a child, which I could never even imagine being a parent losing a child, and what they go through to to try to heal themselves, and and a lot of times. The 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 Ironman finish line is what helps them heal. So you know, I've I've seen so many transformation stories of of guys and gals that have been on you know just on drugs and with an addictive uh, some kind of addiction that is just taking over their lives. But they're battling on a day to day basis, and all of a sudden they find themselves at a start line of a race, going. I'm getting better. Yeah. Not that. I, sometimes I don't even care if they finish it. If they're at their start line and they do the best they get to the finish and they don't, they're a winner and, and they're trying to push out that addictive behavior. So there's, you know, Ironman finishers, everybody go, Oh, they're an Ironman. They must be such a complete human being. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just like everybody else and ha- have our trials and tribulations and, yeah. and things that are in our lives that we're trying to overcome and, and they've made that conscious decision to go find a start line. And right. So I've, I've seen a lot of that. That's for the sure. The sport's
0: really interesting. I mean, it's almost like a a place for people to go to overcome so many things. I mean, you hear just so many stories. It, like you said, addiction and illness and just tragedy. It's such an amazing sport to be on. But push then you'll,
1: you'll get a story like, you know, uh, what, three years ago, one, two, three, three or four years ago, Heinz Ward, he was trained by Paula. I mean, he's an MVP in the Super Bowl, Pittsburgh Steeler, uh, just an amazing physical specimen of an athlete in his field, in NFL. And uh, he gets done with football and kind of gets the idea, I, I want to do an Ironman. Well, why would a guy that is now a big television personality and a sportscaster and And uh, the fame of, you know, winning the largest game in his sport, uh, all of a sudden want to do an Ironman, someone who's a success already, but Mm -hmm. yet they do it because they want to see if they can continue to be a success because someone, a personality like that needs to have that finish line, that goal set and an objective set. So it's not always somebody who's, you know, battling cancer. It's people that have it. And, and, you know, the outside, we're looking at them going, they got everything. Well, they don't. They don't have everything until they have the next finish line or the next start line. Right. And and, it, and, it, and that's how it works.
0: And it's the reason people keep coming back. I mean, I, I said I was one and done. And you just, you always want the next one.
1: <laughs> you know how many times I have heard one and done.
0: Oh, you're so sick of it.
1: <laughs> and I, it is a phrase. I don't really like it. It's like saying, uh... I, I don't know what it's like saying it. it's like, it's just I, fatalist. I, it's yeah, like, yeah. I, I love you once and that's it. I'm done. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it just, yeah, it just is not a, you know what it is. I guess with my personality, it's not a positive thing yeah. to say, Yeah. Uh, but, but a lot of people do. They, it's a bucket list thing. And, you know, some jump out of an airplane at 20,000 feet and some do an Ironman.
0: Well, and I think a lot of times people have to say one and done for their family. Like, yeah, I promise yeah. you, this is it. <laughs> I
1: know. I know. And then they, I, I've had a lot of conversations. Oh, you know, I got this done, but, you know, my husband and the kids told me I can't do it. So I'm going to like take a year or two off, but I'll be back right. because they, they're figuring out their plan to get the family to buy into it again. <laughs> right.
0: Right. And you know what I found, and this is off topic, but my I have found the secret to family happiness is to instead of training both days on the weekend, is to have one day on the weekend off. And I know that like hardcore Ironman triathletes, are like, oh, you can't do that; you have to do your long run, long ride. But that has been just family harmony. Is to to say, well, we've got a whole day Saturday, and you've got all of me. That's been yeah, a big thing in our great. house. That's helpful. That, yeah,
1: that, that's good. Yeah.
0: So one more question, Mike, and I'll let you go get Just back to one me more? Papa. Come on. Well, I mean, I've got a million. I'm the
1: guy that announces for 17 hours. <laughs> oh, We've we only on the air 51 minutes.
0: <laughs> uh, Well, I, gosh, I've got a list. But no, I'm trying to – got to go be Papa, man. You, you gotta, no, he's, you sound as,
1: he's sound asleep. <laughs>
0: um, okay, so this podcast is called The Same 24 Hours, and I came across this name because – I had the idea that we all have the same 24 hours in our day and it's what we choose to do in those 24 hours that makes us the happiest, most successful, best version of ourselves. So what is something that you do, what does Mike Riley do on a daily basis that makes your life better?
1: What do I do on a daily basis that makes my life better?
0: Every day. Do you have a habit of something you do every day or is not having a habit, what you do every day that makes it better.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I really don't have uh, habits. I mean, you know, if I get up and want to have a cup of coffee, I do. If I don't, I don't. If I get up and want to, because I don't have a day job now, you know, I was that active for 16, 17 years, and then another company after that. And now I'm just, during the day, I'm writing my book and doing whatever I want to do. So my day's pretty free flowing. And, and, you know, I, I think the habits that get me going through the day is just to stay positive. I possibly, if 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 I feel something, now I'm in such a writing mode, I write it down. If I remember something from years past, I try to get it down and remember it. Uh I go through old pictures and photographs and I recall that memory. Uh but then, you know, my biggest habit is looking forward to the next event. Yeah. You know, I, I love history and I love memories, but at Ironman Arizona next month, when this month when we uh, we me and twenty five hundred others are together, uh, I'm going to be able to witness a lot of great new memories and and uh, milestones for somebody's life, and th- that's that's what keeps me going on a daily basis. I mean yes. that that and my family.
0: So what about what about this book you speak of? You have a book coming out.
1: Well, yes, I do. I am writing about. Uh, Ah, uh, the stories that people have told me of the things they've done to overcome whatever it is they've overcame to get to a start line. There's just been so many stories that have truly inspired me and motivated me when I hear them. And people, they always come up to me and you know they tell me their stories. It, it, it's not that I'm asking; it's like I'm the Dr. Phil for goodness sakes or <laughs> whomever. That uh, and I love listening to them, and and I think that's it. You know, I just love listening to their stories, and they tell me and. And then I'll say, tell me more. What, are, are you kidding me? That's what happened to you? And, you know, so I, I've been hearing that for, you know, 30 years. And and I just thought it was time to kind of put them all together with a with a great theme. I'm going to give my take on what I believe we should take away from some of this stuff. It's not that I want to, hey, by the way, she had cancer and did an Ironman. You should, too. It's not that type right. of. It's not going to be a, a, a book of you do's or you should do this. It's just going to be talking about life and, and how someone accomplished something that they thought never was possible. And and the biggest thing is so many of these stories are by people who have been told they can't all their life, yep. even by their parents, by their teachers, by whomever it may be that they're really not going to be a success or they've never been told that they could be. And when they find out for themselves that they can be that there is nothing more powerful than that. And I'm. I want to write about that. I want to put it down and and get it out.
0: Is there a way for people listening that might have a story where they can share it with you?
1: Yeah, they can share their story with me at mike. dot Yeah, other than, yeah. <laughs> other than <laughs> calling you or yeah. coming to your house. <laughs> yeah, really, come come to. But my my website, mike. dot net. You can tell Mike your story there, and I communicate with those people, and I get quite a few. And uh, and it's funny. Last year, I did a. Little uh, contest about you know do you I, I put it out there to people that if you wanted to give a holiday gift to a loved one I'll call them, I'll call ten people up and and call them an Ironman and <laughs> uh, just tell me the story of why well I, I couldn't believe it I got I don't know what it was two two hundred fifty some stories that people wrote to me about and here I am going to call ten people so I started it took me like three days to read through everything. And I I was logging it all down. And even my son said, oh my God, this was a can of worms. I go, (laughs) And then, uh, but I got into it. And then at the end of it, I go, I can't call 10 people. I ended up calling 68, uh, throughout the world and and talking to them about their story. And then at the end, you know, saying Meredith Atwood, you are an iron man.
0: Yes, there it is.
1: (laughs) You got, you knew you would get it, but, uh, So, so it it just, I I think motivation, inspiration shouldn't be kept with you. It should be passed on. And I just feel like maybe my written word can help pass it on.
0: Absolutely. So thank you so much for taking time. Everyone is so excited to hear this. And, um, I, I guess we'll have your race schedule and calendar up by the new year, maybe see where you're going to be uh, next by year? the
1: by yeah by the new year for sure okay. i'm already scheduled uh for i know first one of the year is iron man new zealand on on uh march 3rd but because uh, i always go over there so you know if you're down under you can see me in new zealand I can't wait to see you there that is one of the world's most spectacular events
0: awesome well thank you mike it's good to talk to you as always
1: Well, thank you, Meredith, and uh, keep it up. Way to go, mom. Swim, bike, mom. I love that.
0: (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Okay. Aloha.